All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Lure Lab. I'm your host, Andrew Full. And joining me today is Adam Deacon and Bailey Egbert. What's up, guys? Not much, my man. Temps are cooling down. Here it is uh, snowing, actually, tonight. Uh, it's kind of rain snowing right now. So it's uh, it's feeling a little bit actually like fall, which is great. Yeah, it's nice to be into November. I'll tell you that. The bite is about to be winding down here soon on most of our lakes because we'll be seeing like some ice coming and <laughs> lake effect yeah. snowstorms and just all the fun stuff but uh yeah um, that's kind of it's nice to hear that's cooling down across the midwest because it's been a scorcher out there this year Jeez, yeah like by us you know the past week we had probably the warmest temps late october that i remembered a long time which uh, was kind of weird in mid seventies, and now it's creeping back down. It's getting chilly again, but of course, the, you know, this time by this time this episode airs, I'm driving down to mid eighties again in Louisiana. Yeah. So I'm yes. driving back to the you, heat. Which you better I pack your shorts and sandals like you had on, had on the boat last time. That's right. We're going back to uh, we're we're driving from blackfish winter gear down to blackfish sun hoodies. Summer, yeah, exactly. Yeah, love it. <laughs> I'm I'm actually jealous because I don't want the cold to come yet because I want I, the fall to be extended, but it's fine. It I is want the fine. cold. <laughs> <laughs> I like when I say fall, right? Like I want forties and fifties and maybe low sixties, not into this like twenties and snowing crap that is coming. But anyways, guys, today we are chatting about fall time crankbait fishing, which I personally love to do a ton of and it's i've really fell in love with it last year when i got on a really crazy smallmouth bite with it and i can't wait to hear what your guys's favorite fall time crankbaits are and we're going to dive into like your rod reel line setups for it as well and your one or two favorite crankbaits that you like to throw so who's going to start us off today i think deacon's got a, a unique perspective to this uh, being kind of, you know, with Colorado being different from Buffalo, obviously, Andy, you know, yeah, what we're used to similar uh, for sure. At, yeah. But I know Deacon, you know, obviously you fish in different places around the country in the fall. So it's, I think it's one we could add some different perspectives to. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the big difference we were talking a little bit um, before the show started, just with what you guys are talking about, it's incredible to me what, what can happen uh, uh, up North in that fall feed window. Um, so to me, like the fall situation in a lot of our lakes out here, as well as a lot of lakes, I think in the country, I mean, you just kind of start to see that progression of fish going into the back of pockets, chasing uh, shad around specifically very small shad. And I'm going to be honest, my first, uh, grasp, my first, my first bait that I'm going to grab is probably not going to be a crankbait. That being said, I've seen guys absolutely catch them. I've caught fish on a crankbait in the fall. But I think fish are very aggressive and they're chasing small bait fish. So to me, I am going to look at small crankbaits that I have a lot of confidence in. And to me, um, a DT6 is very, very hard to beat. That is a fish catcher. That is a bite getter. If you need a fish and you are in any rock lake across the country, in a lot of lakes across the country, that is a great, great one to grab for. I'm a big fan of that bone white color in the fall. Um, shad getting chased around. That's a lot of the time I'm going to be throwing those shad colors. Um, another great one for me is a Spro Little John. 
Um, I think that's just the, the, their smaller size. I don't exactly know what that one's called, but that thing is awesome. I like having that contrast, that black back to the white there. Another kind of basic shad color. Those are what I'm going to reach for when they're chasing bait. They're being really aggressive, small crankbaits in the back of stuff. And that's just what I do. Um, in the fall, I'm generally looking to go back of pockets first, and then I kind of work my way out, almost kind of the opposite of kind of that spawn time frame. So um, a great technique to go get get bit and something to try uh, different than your top waters and typical kind of fall stuff. Yeah, love it. Bailey, what is yours? Yeah, so here in New York, at least, um, and I've had the the chance to, you know, fish in some different places in the fall, but I can't really speak to those very thoroughly. So speaking on, you know, the Northeast, when our smallmouth, largemouth get into that really heavy fall pattern, uh, speaking primarily on from like the Finger Lakes is basically you're just running as many main lake points as you can. As you know, wind is your friend this time of year. We talk about it, you know, uglier, the better. Uh, and you are, you know, Andy's going to talk about it too, but like that you burn the fire out of these suckers. Like you can't get it to go fast enough. The faster, the better. Make them chase it, make them eat it. Um, like, and also, but there are also times where it's like, you know, and I'm sure Andy will talk about the cadence in here, but like when you hit stuff, especially burning on bottom, I mean, there's times where it calls for pauses. This is a bait that, you know, let the fish tell you, but start off, just burn the fire out of it. Super simple. Start off, just, you know, Wear out your shoulder. Okay, you're going to be sore doing this, but it's going to be shoulder, fun. wrist, elbows, all of yeah. the above. And hopefully, it's for good reason because you're putting fish in the boat every yeah. single cast. Um, so for me, uh, there's a couple. Uh, I mean, honestly, there's a whole box that I go through, and it, it's really dependent on which lake I'm at. If it's a Great Lake, if it's a Finger Lake, whatever. Depend, you know, it could be time dependent. Uh, but the, for the sake of trying to cover all the bases here tonight. Um, one of my favorite ones this time of year is a Spro Rock Crawler. Uh, now, this is one that's primarily known as like in the Ozarks and stuff where people love this. It's kind of where this bait originated, where it gets all of its fame. Uh, it's one that you can really, it's kind of, it's a great crawl imitator. Uh, and it's one that I'll start throwing when the water temps get down to probably 55 degrees. That's really kind of prime time in the fall when the crawdads get a little bit, little bit active before they kind of like that, that bite shuts off for folks when the water temps get too cold. Uh, and that's one where you can like get it in the gnarliest of rock and bot hard bottom and just like burn that sucker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that can really take a beating. Uh, that's why I love it. Um, in addition, I know Aunt, there's a, there's a couple that I love, but I can't speak to them to justice. Like Andy is going to. Um, so I will say on a shallow, uh, shallow realm, one bait that I love when it gets starts getting really cold, especially up here in the Northeast, and I've done really well on like Lake Chickamauga as well as like Toledo Bend, um, and that is the Berkeley Fritzide. It's a flat-sided crankbait. This is the Fritzide Five Biggin. I like the Biggin just because it's a bigger profile, uh, and quite frankly, I just don't want to throw this mini little thing. Um, but this thing does, I'll say, get a lot more bites. But the Biggin also gets you some dang like. Nice. I've caught a couple five pounders on Chickamauga throwing the Fritz side five biggin. It's a cold water killer. Um, and it's one that you can burn the lights out of it, beat it up. Uh, they are a little bit fragile, but they do get bit a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's one where it's kind of like two different sides because the rock crawlers kind of got that fat bulbous front end to it. Whereas the Fritz side is a flat side. 
Um, but one bait that I want to highlight that I think could be pretty good. I've started, I've started using it a little bit. Um, and I think it's going to, it, it's going to be interesting. Andy and I actually need to make a video about this. Um, the other YouTube channels that are linked down below in the description of on one of the baits versus one of his baits. And this is a, the new Berkeley money badger. And you kind of see how this is like a different, different profile. Okay. And look at that bill. This is going to kind of give the uh, the JDM baits a little bit of run for their money here. Kind of a slender profile. This is actually designed as a walleye bait, but I think if for what Andy's going to talk about, I'd be curious to see if it's going to give these baits a run for their money for some shallow to mid speed cranking in the fall time. Yeah, I um, I actually have one right here. So as you're talking, I was looking down to my favorite bait, which. There's two different sizes. This is a OSP Blitz EXDR. So there's a common theme with me. I love expensive, shiny things. And these baits are really hard to find. They're really expensive. And when, you, and when you buy one, buy three of them. Because when you lose one, you might have to wait a year before you can buy more. But um, there's two Quick different sizes. We were trying to convince Andy to get a new computer for podcasting and how all of us make part of our livings here. And he was like, nah, man, I have so many baits to buy. <laughs> no, and they are high-end, high-end crankbait. So anyways, Guy for those of you who are interested in the high-end baits, here we go. Sorry. Yeah, so it's all good. So um, <laughs> Blitz EXDR and that OSP Blitz Max DR. And basically the difference between the two is they both dive about the same depth. One will dive about 12 to 15. This one will get down to 15 on 8 to 10 pound. But the reason why I like both of them, one, it mimics like a 5XD really well. But there's a couple components to this crankbait that make it really good. One has a honeycomb technology to it. So I don't know if you can see the honeycomb in the body. So by them putting the honeycomb into the body of the crankbait, they can use like a third less plastic, like a 5XD or other crankbaits can. So that allows them to cut through water. And then also the body design is a lot different. And that's what I was comparing on why they're so good. If you take, I can't remember the name of this. What is it? The honey, is a honey badger, Bailey? Money badger. Money badger. Okay, honey badger. I'm thinking Tyron Matthew Sunday NFL, right? As we're filming this, but... If you look at the body shape, this one's more slender, so it's going to run technically a tighter wobble because it's slender. The way the OSP is designed, it has a flat back, like a very, it's not rounded off like a lot of crankbaits, so that creates speed. So it gets down quick, and then it's also, it's round, but it's thin at the same time, so the way they designed the body on it, it has a tight but hard knocking wobble to it. And that allows you to almost have a drag free retrieve when you're reeling in this crankbait. So the faster you reel it, you still don't feel it in your rod tip. So it's actually important to have a very sensitive crankbait rod so you can actually feel the crankbait. It's basically effortless as it dives down through the water. And that's how you're able to fish it very efficiently at a very high speed when i am fishing these i want the fish to eat them as i am burning them so um if you look back at the lake fork event when they're basically burning the life out of a 10 xd that's essentially what i am doing with this but for smallmouth. 
I am fishing on like a seven-one reel and reeling it as fast as I can on ten and twelve pound test, and just deflecting it off of every rock. And when you get a bite, I'm like, "What is going on here?" When you get a bite, I'm, if if anybody's watching, if you're listening on P3, please switch over to YouTube <laughs> and watch and go at a minute eleven, and you'll see why we just started laughing. <laughs> but, yeah, I <laughs> but I lost Sorry. my train of thought. Yeah, no, you're good. So essentially, like I'm seven one gear speed, six three. If I really want to reel it like hard and fast with a seven one to really give it some speed, twelve pound test. And when they eat it, half the time you don't even have to set the hook because they get it so deep that when you even just lean into them slightly, even with a glass rod, they're pinned so good because it's down their throat. And that's why I like an OSP because I can reel it as fast as I want and get zero fatigue. When you throw a five XD. It'll burn your forearms off as you're burning it down because of the way the lip is designed. So if you can hold up that lip, this is the last feature. You see how like spoon build the 5XD is? So the OSP, another cool little point, it's flat on the very tip. And then it's very slender, but gets wide about three quarters away and cuts in quick is where the 5XD is spooned. So that creates more drag. This gets down incredibly quick. As soon as you retrieve, you're in your 12-foot zone, about probably five to six cranks of your handle. It's on the bottom. So it's very efficient for covering that water extremely quick. And that's why I like it. It's the best crankbait I found, I won't lie. And I love a 5XD. And a DT10. There aren't many cases in fishing where buying an expensive product will catch you more fish. This is one of those. Yeah, yeah. I actually I hate talking about it, but it's so hard to get in the U.S. that I don't care that much about talking about it. So, or because you just want our listeners to be buying that's the best. Yeah, stuff there it is. There it's true. Come on now. That's true. It's just they're hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um. So a little side note, like probably shouldn't. I don't know if the it's public record now, but Saint Clair. A couple of years ago, when Seth Fighter dropped like 77 pounds in three days, he was thrown in OSP. Almost guarantee it, just based on the colors. Yeah. Hmm. And a DT10, but a lot of the fish came out in OSP. Gotcha. Yeah. Heck yeah. Should we talk setups fast, go around the room? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So Who wants uh, to start? I, I can just, I'll just rattle it off. Yeah. Uh, the more deeper diving cranks that I like to go with is uh, it's a seven six uh, medium moderate. Uh, it's a moderate fast. It's a Abu Garcia winch rod, uh, and then I have a Abu Garcia winch casting reel. So it, it's a I think it's like a five three or five four to one uh, one that you can kind of burn daylights out of. But I can also switch between that and just a simple Corrado two hundred six three to one. Just kind of depends on you know if they want it. A little bit slower. Um, I'll kind of go with that winch, but the Corrado is kind of usually good for staple for just about everything. But uh, shallower, kind of like a seven foot to a seven foot two, same thing, medium, moderate, fast for like that Fritz side bite. Um, just two different rods right there. Both composite. That's what that Abu winch is. It's a blend between glass and um, graphite. Deacon. I have a feeling ours is going to be very similar based right. off of what I've heard about your rods for Probably. cranking. 
<laughs> probably man um yeah so i'm i'm pretty close to bailey in the standpoint of on those deeper diving crankbaits i'm gonna go like a seven six uh medium heavy same moderate kind of have that heavier um uh heavier rod in general and longer rod it helps you launch that crankbait and then also just less wear on you on those crankbait just dogging um mm -hmm. so but back to my kind of cranking in the fall generally shallower for me i run the alpha angler rebound that is a fantastic rod um also shout out to jake boomer for saving me and let me borrow a boat up on on Coeur d'Alene. he made the connection there uh up there fished against him and his team partner and um had a great time in idaho but anyways nice. that rebound rod is fantastic it is the only glass rod that I have actually liked. I've never been a fan of glass cranking rods and I've had struggled with that. And it is not a, it is composite glass feeling to me. It's not just straight glass in that whole, like completely parabolic situation. So that is my favorite cranking rod that I've ever thrown. And, uh, again, it's a seven foot rod. It's moderate. It's perfect for that target casting small crankbaits in, uh, in shallow water. Yeah, that rebound is an incredible rod. Um, so for me, when I'm throwing both of that 5XC, because the way that rebound basically handles crankbaits, like you're saying, it's that composite glass feel. And that's the S-glass. They use the structural grade glass, right? The fiberglass. So it's a little bit more sensitive. It's a little bit more high-strain fiberglass glass so it's way more sensitive and it's weight it's a lot more crisp when you cast a lot and that's the issue with glass rods when you throw they feel just whippy all the yeah, time yeah exactly it's like, it's, a, like a, it's like you're whipping around a buggy whip let's have a party but um yeah that <laughs> structural grade glass rod it really allows you to launch a crankbait and i'll throw it all the way up to a 5xd with mm. the right reel on it. So like with the little EXDR, I'll actually throw it on like a Corrado or an SLX MGL, a real small spool with 10 pound test. So I can really, really launch it on that S glass rod. And on the bigger one, I will throw like a 200 size Corrado on just to have a little bit more beef in the back end. So I don't burn out like the gears and stuff as I'm speed cranking up just a bigger profile crankbait and a heavier one, but virtually I would use the same rod. If I had a seven, six rod that I could use and buy, if I probably buy one next year is a mag rebound. This is the same rod longer. Exactly. And more medium heavy ish. And that would be the rod I would use to launch bigger ones further distances. This is a, the whole glass conversation is a great segue to our future show about chatterbaits and why I hate glass rods and Andy loves them. Yeah. Not a fan. Teaser. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, anything else, guys? Oh, one more thing before we go. What hooks do you change on your crankbaits? Because most crankbaits come with terrible stock hooks. And I think this is an important thing to hit before we end. And our, Ichikawa. Oh, you've become an Ichikawa. Was that a CT, right? Is it the CT version? Oh, you don't know. I don't know the, the the brand, the specific model off the top of my head. Do you but I'm better owner STs. Yeah, I'm I'm an ST36 fan. I like round bends. I don't want triple grips on most of my crankbaits because when they when they eat it the way I'm reeling it, I think a round bend works better. Yeah, I man, I think that I'm really picky on treble hooks when it comes to jerk baits. 
um, and it comes to topwaters to some extent. But crankbaits, I'm not as particular so long as they're a round bend. I will caution people and say, and again, this is coming from someone who doesn't throw crankbait all that much. But when I do, I generally am running that stock hook that comes with it, but I'm being very diligent at looking at my hooks because generally you're banging off rocks, you're doing stuff. That's when I'm changing stuff out. The treble hooks I'm always changing to are going to be a round bend. It's going to be it. I don't know how you even say it. The Ike, with the exact one. Ichikawa. Ichikawa. One more time. Ichi. Ichi. Kawa. You're, you're itchy and then you're kawa. So itchy itchy kawa. kawa. Okay, perfect. All right. Got it. Ichikawa. Those are fantastic hooks. So it's either going to be that or an owner. I'm the same way. Yeah. Great choices. Well, anything else we want to touch on before we wrap this up, boys? I think that's it, man. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, as always, for tuning into our sixth episode here on the Lure Lab. We love producing these shows for you, for everyone who tunes in and listens. Um, so you can get a little bit insight of what goes in through our minds as we're on the water fishing here. But as always, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, leave a comment on your favorite fall fishing crankbait, and leave us a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate that. And when you're on MP3, if you're listening there, please leave us a comment, I know, a review, a comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts that helps us be seen by more avid fishermen and listeners like you all. And until next time, on next Saturday's Lure Lab podcast, we're going to be diving into spinnerbaits for fall fishing, and we will see you then.